Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to After Fantasy Podcast, episode 34. I'm your host, Peter. Released by Tom. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, good, thank you. Also got a special guest this week, Gunnar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> missing in action the last few weeks, whining and dining with the top FPL Escalons because he's got the... He's still not on right in Germany, Gunnar, still got it? No, I've dropped down to second. Oh, now again. No, yeah, so but the game no. week's not over yet. So. Not over yet, but he's up there, so... He's been <laughs> I, out there, he's been out there <laughs> mingling, doing Zoom kid on interviews for different podcasts, but he's back in and he's back, he's lived up to his contract. I can't believe I missed the week when Lennon was sacked. You know? I'm sure you maybe <laughs> comments on it. <laughs> right, we'll go to the league, then the top three. I don't think there's any change. I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, Gunnar, you're still in third. Yep, and second was Conquering Lines. Robbie Dempsey, first Wolfstone, Tony McClenney. So there's not, no change to top three. And if you go down to, I wrote somewhere, 13th, I think it was the highest score of the week, was Heart Attack with rolling with 68 points. A pretty damn good score. So the average of the week was 22, low as usual. The highest was 75, so a pretty low average this week. So we got 40 for me, we hit. Tom, 44 for you, we hit. And Gunnar, 56 for you, I'm sure that's what hit as well. So do you want to talk us through your points? Start with you, Tom. Uh, yep, so I had Sigrist in goals, got me two points. Captain Barisic, 14. Uh, Paul McGinn got me nothing. Aya got me seven. Goldson, seven. Midfield, Callahan got me six. Turnbull, three. Kilty, one. Vice captain Boyle, nothing. Uh, up front, I had Edward for six points and Jordan White for two points. Okay, Gunnar, your points? Yeah, I got nothing from Marciano and goals. Then I had captain Barisic for 14. Goldson and Ayer got me seven points each. Nothing from Boyle. Uh, Ferguson got me two points. Turnbull, three points. Callahan, six points. And then the front three, Morelos, five points. Cole for six. And Edward, the vice captain, for 10 points. Right, and myself, so I had Mars Channel for no points, Kenny for seven, Captain Barisic 14, Ghost in seven, through midfield, McGregor and Turnbull for each, vice captain was Turnbull, Mullen for two, Campbell for three, Callahan for six, up front was six for Cole, and I got Nisbet off the bench for one. And the only thing I missed out on was Alec in goals for six points, for St. Murray would have been uh, more points, but obviously I didn't see that coming. So we'll move on to our topic and into the stats. So so the this week was, it was League Cup final weekend. It's not really fantasy related, just more what your thoughts on it. We did say a few weeks ago, we all thought Lyson were overwhelming favourites, but as the weeks progressed, come up to this final, St. Johnson's had a bit of form. They looked like a team who, the manager looks like he's got a system in place, looks like they're going places. And I think St. Johnson wasn't the most, it wasn't the, the most vibrant of the game, but St. Johnson were probably winners. And I think Livingston look. I know they're safely in the top six, but they could look shakily. The forms dropped off quite, quite bad actually. What's your thoughts? Mm-hmm. The game gonna? Yeah, you, you said it there. Um, Livy's form has has changed a little bit from their winning run that they were on. And I was listening to a different podcast, and they were maybe suggesting that uh, it's it's all a bit too tactical now uh, from Martindale. He put Bartley on uh, trying to to cover Rooney, who was like running down the the right wing uh, there in the in the wing back role. And um, where Bartley usually plays uh, further defensively, and uh, when they went on this like winning run, they, it was more like go out, enjoy your football, not not so much like tactically. So they would suggest maybe he's overthinking it, uh, maybe a little bit tactically. I thought like the, the game started off uh, 
very quickly from from both sides and then uh, St. Johnson took the sting out of the game a little bit and they just handled it uh, better. Seems like the two managers very, very uh, opposite sides of, of, of like uh, one of them very agitated versus uh, like Martindale, very, very shouty. And then the St. Johnson manager, uh, very much the opposite. And uh, Rooney, he's playing in that right wing back role. He's got three goals and one assist, a penalty one. That's in four league games and, and one cup game now. So he's in a bit of form. And uh, yeah, I, I like him for, for fantasy as well. That's Rooney. Okay. Tom, thoughts on the League Cup final? Yeah, I kind of wanted, um, I kind of wanted Livingston to win it just for that sort of fairy tale factor for, for Martindale. But uh, it wasn't meant to be. But if you if you go in form, then obviously St. Johnson with a form team. I, I had the same stats about Rooney as Gunnar, so I won't go over those twice. <laughs> I've seen you shaking um, your fist in anger as he did it. But one surprise uh, was Mohamed didn't feature at all in the cup final, given his recent form. I was quite surprised at that. Um, but I suppose we'll come on to more, more about that later. Right. Well, I think it all is... Let me see if developed quite a decent-sized squad now they've done a lot of rotation recently. And I don't know if it maybe suits them more that the smaller the squad they had with less options to change things. They were doing this after the kind of after unbeaten run. It's kind of kind of I think it's took them a wee bit off the off the rails a wee bit. Too much too maybe too much thought in his formation, too much thought is going to say like trying to be maybe too cute with tactics, over overthinking sometimes. And I think it's come back and basically bottom in the butt. So next topic is something we can bleat on about all the time. This week coming up is the official half hour fantasy podcast cup kickoff. So we've talked about it for weeks. We've draw, the draw has been done. I'm pretty sure to the threes we'll get all the cup draw back out there, tweeting over the next couple of days because obviously we want to see the draw get interest back up. This is now this is game time. There's a lot of people in the game now have no chance of winning it ourselves included. Good, I might still be a chance of winning it. He's too far off the top. The overall game? Yeah. Do you mean I'm I'm probably too far off? I'm right. I'm, I'm so, around 35th, but there's probably no chance of catching top spot. Because of the point where the point system work. Hmm. So this is a chance for guys for a second a second chance of glory. You know what I mean? This is it. The cup. Take home. Sorry to tell your wife and grandkids about doing the line that you won the first ever <laughs> in fantasy cup. But I don't feel that I wish for you. I mean, bit of interest going to the game week. And actually I was a bit I don't want to say I was a bit panicky before about trying to get them done game week wise. But when I've actually looked it out and looked at the gap between game weeks, it's actually going to be pretty easy because we've got a massive gap between the first round and the second round because of the way the fixtures fall. And then the Scottish Cup's back on, so they haven't, they haven't pushed the fixtures together. So there's going to be plenty of space. And I think the only time that there is some sort of like midweek game, then a weekend game, is actually the last round where it's only like four teams left. So it shouldn't be any sort of issue at all. So again, we will tweet about that near the time because obviously we want interest, we want guys playing, interaction, use the hashtag, you can boast about your scores, whatsoever, and we'll talk about that over the next game week. So we'll go to stat corner. Gunnar, you get a stat first? Yeah, my start of the week, I looked that up because I've noticed that Man City are 14 points ahead uh, in the Premier League. And so how do we look around the top uh, 25 UEFA countries? I have a list here. And... Uh, Top of that is actually Young Boys Burn with 19 points ahead. And uh, second in the table there is Rangers, who are 18 points ahead. Every week, Tom, uh, a wee dig at us, eh? Every week. Get a piece of... Start of the week, no? Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dig, dig of the week. Right, Tom, the start. Um, well, I'll lift his back up. Turnbull is now third highest scoring midfielder, which I was quite surprised at, Ooh. considering um, it took him some time to obviously come into the starting 11 at Selic and start getting regular starts, but He's now third. Top three consists of Kent, Boyle, and then Turnbull. And I was also surprised to see Lewis Ferguson's drop down. He held the top spot for quite some time, but now he's down to sixth place amongst midfielders. So Turnbull came into the team at Celtic in August, at the end of August, and hardly featured until the disasters run about November time. Is that right? That's when they broke into the team? Yep. So you maybe talk about three months out, and he's sitting top. Third. Third, sorry. That's interesting for next year, I think. Keep an eye on that, because... Depending on who takes over, I think Tumble will be pivotal in that Celtic midfield. Yeah, definitely. Right, we'll go to the results then. There, uh, actually, I wrote down double game week because the game week, because it was split like, over the week. I just, and I realised it's not. It's because of the cup <laughs> final. So, first up, Celtic 1, Aberdeen 0. Edouard goal, Christie assist. I'm sure people will be happy with that. Clean sheet for Celtic. And this is the first game 
post Lennon era. So, good. I'll go to you first and let you get your thoughts on the Lennon re- resignation. I say in, in air brackets, in air, because I think he was told to resign. You I mean his own I, Lennon style? That's his style. He done it when he's been <laughs> mad dig at the government. But who's your thoughts on Lennon first of all leaving and then on this game? Well, I think first of all, it was about time that Celtic changed their manager. Uh, never mind if he left out of his own accord or if he was let go. But uh, we said it at the time, maybe after the, the St. was it St. Johnson in the cup? No, Ross County in the cup. Ross County, yeah. Uh, yeah, he should have probably, well, at the latest been gone after that. Had a couple of European uh, mishaps where he could have probably gone after. I like well. that, mishaps. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed. 4-1 yeah. twice. <laughs> But yeah, so the second Ross County defeat then was, was too much for him to stay in the job. John Kennedy is taking over now. Um, yeah, he might keep the job till till the end of the season. I don't know what the what the plan is there for, for Celtic now. But overall, like I say, it, it was time for Lennon to go. Um, not like the, I'm not sure you could say they they've shown that that big of a reaction now. For example, here in the in the Aberdeen game, then again, it's it's it's. Uh, decent opponent uh, so I wasn't expecting Celtic to blow Aberdeen away but, you only had three uh, days with the squad really as well so I suppose it's that's fair that's fair so I think time will tell also for Kennedy this is this is him putting himself uh, in the shop window if you want if you want to say that so like keeping the job or maybe getting a getting a job somewhere in, in, in England down in the lower lower divisions and build up his reputation or something so um Overall, I think it's a good decision from Celtic. It now depends who they who they bring in to um, for next season. Like this season is, is done and dusted anyway. But uh, the the start of rebuilding is starts here now. Identifying transfer targets, etc. So it's, as soon as you get uh, make a decision if can keeps the job or you bring in a proper manager uh, in the long term, the the sooner that happens, the sooner you can start planning for next season. Thoughts on the game in general? Just didn't see much difference really. Oh, so first thing, Klamala started, which uh, makes me think Jetty is either not fit or not very good. Um, <laughs> but, but both, maybe? Maybe a bit of both, yeah. yeah. See, that's, that's also something that would be interesting to know, like who brought Jetty in. Yeah? I mean, it's not alone. I think it's that's a, a, it's a Lennon target, 100%. I believe right. they tried to get him last year, Tom. I don't know if you can confirm that. They tried to get a Jetty last year. I think with the idea of selling... Obviously, Edward was going to go, but we get the replacement. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get him. And then when is West Ham he came from? Yeah, came from West Ham. He was yeah. kind of him and Horn about a loan deal. So he went out and actually spunked the money to get him in full time. So obviously, it was a long term target. It just hasn't worked out. But again, I put that down to formation and coaching as well, because there's a player there for his previous. And I think in the right formation, right coach could be a good player. And like you said earlier, I think everybody's going to get a clean sheet, a clean slate, a clean slate next year. Start for scratch. Yeah, all all these things are happening now. You can you can look at it from both sides. Uh, one thing is why didn't Jetty start this, in these games? Why isn't he fit? Then again, Klamala getting his chance. So why didn't he get his chance? Like when Lennon was still there, I, th- I thought when he did play, when Lennon was still there, he looked decent. Never really get got a lot of starts. But even if he came on, it's like three and a lot. He was still. Uh, trying to get him behind, etc. So he's always looked okay this season to me. Uh, my my top target from like the strikers and Celtic still Edward. Uh, I wouldn't go anywhere uh, towards Jetty or Klemala. So, but but yeah, he got his start. Uh, good start to the game as well for for the tuna melts with Christie to Edward. Got a bit lucky maybe with the deflection there, and. Uh, so left Lewis no chance in goals there. Uh, I thought Aberdeen defended well, overload, overloading the ball side and uh, just pressing the ball and, and really didn't let Celtic build up the play. I've only watched the highlights though, but from the highlights, Celtic didn't do a lot going forward either. So maybe, maybe you've probably watched the, watched the full game, so maybe you got a bit of uh, more, more insight into that. Just for a little comment, the only thing I noticed, again, I'll go back to the fact I didn't have much time in the team, so I don't expect... Big improvements. Uh, I felt it was more possession-based football, Tom, mm. though you can come on after us, and less of this kind of rush, Lenny ball, we used to say it, front to back as quick as possible. It was more possession, with the ball about, take your opportunity and wait. If, if you, see, I can see before, so they always get drawn into a battle, 
where you just keep start throwing the ball back and forth constantly, and then another team goes in, and sometimes a fight suits other teams. We built that way. We just didn't let Aberdeen attack because we kept possession. Maybe slightly mm-hmm. going back to the whole, I would maybe uh, like it to Rogers type football. Maybe not as, as fluid, but that ethos of the other team can't score goals if you get the ball, kind of thing. All right, you may not look, right. most, may not look the most attacking going forward, but if you get the ball, we can't do it with it. Sorry, Tom, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> Have we covered it all there yet? <laughs> uh, no. Um, so, I, Clamalla, uh, that was his first start for a while. He didn't have any shots on target. He missed a big chance when he slid on a, in and across from John Joe Kenny. He's not scored since October, so I don't really fancy him as a fantasy option. Um, Edward opened the scoring. That's his first goal after two blanks. Prior to that, he did score 10 goals in nine games. But we know from experience Aberdeen are quite defensively sound. So you don't get a lot of past Aberdeen, really. Um, I thought he was greedy as well. He should have really squared it to Sorrow when he was in on goal uh, later on in the game, too. I thought Ash Taylor was actually the stand-up player. He hit the post. He had a big chance saved by Bain. He was the only player to have made more than uh, one shot on target. And he faces Hamilton next, too. You don't really know what you're going to get with Hamilton. They really have a really good day or a really bad day, so take your chances with Hamilton. Um, Celtic went on to get the clean sheet as well, but Aberdeen have not really been prolific in front of goal recently, so I wouldn't say that's a massive achievement for the Celtic defence. However, Celtic defenders do go on to face a Dundee United team who have found some recent form, so with Kennedy having a bit more time to, to coach, and we'll see how they come up against Dundee United, and then I think we can maybe draw a few more conclusions from that game. Yep, going into the split. So, sticking yep. with, stick with you then, Tom, with the next game, it's Hibs nil, Motherwell 2, probably a bit of shock. So, Roberts goal, 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 a what assist, and Roberts assist, and clean sheet. I, admit, I didn't see this result coming after Motherwell's kind of shaky form, but thoughts on this mm-hmm. game, Tom? Yeah, so, first thing we noticed from the lineups was no Doig, after we talked him up last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the final result did come as a big surprise, because Motherwell have been a bit off the boil recently, whereas Hibs have been the ones that have been in form. Um, Paul McGinn was in for. I've wrote, I've wrote all the rubbish now. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, Boyle's been the, the form man. Um, Hibbs had three shots on target in this game, and two of them came from Boyle, and he did miss two big chances. Uh, Jordan Roberts got the opener. I thought it was a great through ball from Tony Watt. He, then Jordan Roberts went on to set up Cole's sixth goal for Motherwell this season. Um, Roberts has only started the previous game and this one against Hibs. He only joined on loan from Hearts in January. We don't really know if this is going to be a flash in the pan. Um, I'd probably suggest just keep an eye on the, him for now. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be rushing in to buy him just yet. Okay, Gunnar, your so, thoughts on the game? I thought uh, Motherwell they looked really good in transition. And uh, just getting up the pitch and having runners in behind, um, that, that really troubled the Hibs defence. Uh, also, the, just for the second goal, it, to me, it was like a lapse in concentration. It was Motherwell had to throw in and then just to knock on and, and call is in for his goal there. And, and just from watching the highlights, even at 2-0, Hibs didn't really have many ideas apart from like getting crosses in the box, how to, how to get a goal back. So, yeah, surprising result, but but a good result for Motherwell. Yep, I think this is a glimpse of the way you think the Alexander wants his team to play. I mean, they were quite relentless, and Hibs didn't, as you said, didn't have an answer going forward. And like, we, I think we've seen a few times, you know, Motherwell got a squad for the top six, they definitely have. And again, fantasy aspect wise, post split, an eye on a couple of the players I think come in. But then I think we've talked about this near the table, there's quite a few players you want again. You can't put them on your team when it comes to the split because. You don't want to go too top heavy because they're all going to play each other. Then at the bottom, there's probably decent asset, assets, but then you don't want to overload because they play each other. It's going to be a fine balance. But I'm interested to see how people work out there. Well, cars go forward. We'll discuss that also post split. Uh, next up, Kamarnock won, Dunyanated won, Medley with a goal, Lafferty with an assist, and Sorrel goal, Hearts assist. Gunnar. Um, do I have the wrong game here? Is it is it Killy against United? No, what did he say? Yep, yeah, Kelly United points. Didn't Spore go score a goal? I said Spore goal, Hearts assist. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't, don't forget my guy, Spurley. That's how I went to you first. I know you like Spore. 
<laughs> yeah, so he got a bit lucky for, for with the shot there that it even made, made true. Spurley, like we say, he's a defender in the game, played on the left wing again, but he just can't stay fit. He was taken off on the 28th minute after he got his goal. A bit unlucky. Then we had the first attack and return for Lafferty and Medley for uh, Killy. And uh, Killy end their losing streak, but can only get the one point. Uh, and they're still bottom at the ta- uh, of the table. Well, level level on points with Hamilton and, and point away from safety. Uh, I thought Segrist, he, he looked decent. But once again, we got nothing from Shankland. Uh, so... Yeah, post-split, maybe a couple of options, but uh, until then, that's two teams where I probably don't need any players from. I think you've missed the Shankland action. I think you've been been on a hiatus. Shankland went nuts for a few weeks, didn't he? Goals and assists. As soon as you come back, he stopped. Right, Foster, the game, Tom? Uh, Yep, so Lafferty started this game. His first start since joining. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. He took a shot from distance, hit the crossbar. Also had a decent free kick as well. Um, however, it was Dundee United that opened the scoring with a double deflection, which is a bit unlucky um, for Kelly, but uh, Kilmarnock's defence gave him the opportunity and they took it. Um, Harks got the assist. He's had two assists in his last three games, and Spoiler um, has had two goals in his last three. Um, so add that into the, the Shankland form, then Dundee United are, are looking fairly decent just now. Um, Kilty got the yellow card for simulation, which was kind of harsh. Um, and Lafferty did have a, a goal cut off as well um, due to Broadfoot fouling Segrist. So I do kind of like the look of Lafferty as well. I maybe keep an eye on him. Uh, Zek Medley got the equaliser. He's on loan from Arsenal. He joined in January and he's had a, had a couple of shots on target in this game, which is good for a centre-back. Um, Shanklin blanked for the first time in four games. In this game, he did have four shots, two on. And he did miss a big chance as well. He does have Celtic and Aberdeen coming up, but then it's a split, and I think he could be a nice option post-split if they stay within the bottom half. Okay, next up, Mern 1, Ross County 0, McGrath goal from a penalty, and a clean sheet for St Mern. Tom? Yeah, um, and it was Queen that won the penalty as well. Um, St Mern looked the most likely in the first half, I thought. Um, County made three changes at half-time. Tomarco, Andreo, and Gardine came off for Jakoviti, Donaldson, and Ollie Shaw. Um, it was just after half time that uh, Jordan White was denied from close range. Uh, great save by Anik. He, uh, Jordan White came in with a header. It was, t- it was straight at Anik. So, but shortly after that, Kelly hit the bar as well. So St. Mirren did well to keep the clean sheet. Queener uh, got the penalty, which won St. Mirren the game. Obviously, it was McGrath. He's on penalties for St Mirren and has been for quite some time. I thought it was a bit unlucky for County considering it was a clear dive. Um, and that's another clean sheet for St Mirren. They've had three clean sheets in their last five. And Anik, I think, has made some great saves for them in recent weeks um, to keep them in the game. Yep, they're steadily looking about the bit for St Mirren because secure in that top six. Thoughts in the game, Gunnar? Yeah, I just had Anik as my top performer in that game as well. I thought Laidlaw he was decent as well. So that for me that was that was like a game. If that if the fantasy football Scotland had bonus points in the game, then uh, I, I think both goalkeepers uh, would have come away with a with a big share of them in this game. Right, and on to the midweek games there. Hamilton once and Johnson won. Callahan an absolute belter. Anderson assist. Involved again since he's moved from Aberdeen. And that guy, Mohammed, like, yeah, that guy, Mohammed, goal and a golden assist. So, Tom, you go first. Yeah, so um, Mohammed got the equaliser in this game. Um, he had four shots on target, which is pretty good. Um, as I said before, I'm surprised that he didn't feature in the, the cup final, but they won it anyway, so who cares? Hey. Uh, He's now Malhamid's now had four goals and two assists in his last five games, and that's I think that's pretty good considering he only played eleven minutes against Rangers. It was a great goal from Callahan, as you said, and I thought him and Bruce Anderson linked up well for the goal. We've mentioned them that those two as appearing in the past, and again something to consider post split as well. Um, I think there's a lot of emerging striker options, so you might not be able to fit Bruce Anderson in your team, but I think Callahan is a great midfielder option because there's not a lot of options in midfield, but I think he's great. 
Yep, uh, I think maybe it's just because of this podcast week you start to notice the kind of same names the last few weeks hitting the form at the right time, but it's like, yeah. as you said, it's trying to fit these guys in and you want to have an Edward or a Malayas and all. Uh, thoughts on the game, Gunnar? Yeah, I had the same Malamit, uh, Guy Malamit stats as well. Callahan, great goal. One each. Uh, aye, aye. <laughs> uh, but, well, I think uh, Hamilton will probably be disappointed with that. So the St. Johnston goal is like a ball over the top, defence playing for offside and Malamit is in behind. So, yeah, unlucky not to get all the three points, but uh, in the end probably deserved for both sides. And last up, the champions in waiting. Livingston nil, Rangers won, Morelos goal and the usual clean sheet for Rangers. Gunnar? Yeah, Morelos, he was my transfer in this week. So, good one. He got good the call. yellow card there for for uh, diving, apparently. Uh, in my opinion, should have probably been a penalty and not a yellow card. Um, even if it, if it is a pen, it's probably a, a soft one, but definitely no, no yellow card for simulation in my uh, opinion. And then he scores the easiest chance of the game just, just to tap in. And just just watching him play in this game, like if you just based on this game, it's just a matter of time until he hauls. It depends, of course, who they play against after the split. They got St. Mern and then Celtic before the split. So they play against all these top six teams then in the league. But just like, like I say, based on this uh, game alone... He looks in, in great form and honestly being booked from the first half onwards and then scoring a goal in the 87th minute. So not bad from him. I would have expected him to be uh, like taken off, substituted <laughs> by then, but uh, he, he hung in there. Instead, it was Gerard who got sent to the stands. Um, but yeah, good for Rangers. Another win in the bag and another win closer to, to the league title. Two games to go. Don't say that was me on your face, Gunnar. <laughs> <laughs> right, total thoughts in the game. And thoughts the penalty to see what your opinion is. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty as well. Um, it was clear contact. Do you think it was a yellow card, but was he, he just simulated the extent of it? or? Well, I think I think the reason for the yellow card was, when I was watching the replay, it looked like before the contact was made, he'd already started to jump in the air. He had already made up his mind he was going to yep, go down. Yeah. That's, that's right, yeah. So I think that's what the referee had seen. He'd left the ground and then contact was made. But even even if he didn't leap off the ground, Seagrist wasn't going to win that ball. No. Um, Seagrist. Strijic wasn't going to win that ball and going to bring him down anyway. Um, so I think I think, he, I think he should have got the penalty, which would have led to a penalty one and a Barisic goal if Barisic was taking the penalty. So I was a bit gutted. Um <laughs> Goldson also had a goal offside as well, so that could have been more points for my team. Um, but even regardless of the Morales penalty incident, he looked the most likely to score. He had six shots, three on target, and he missed another big chance as well. There was a corner where Goldson headed it onto him. He tried to head it into the, the goal, but um, missed. He's an average and one attack and return per game over his last eight games. So for those that have a Barisic and Goldson, he, he would make a good third Rangers option. And it was obviously another clean sheet. Rangers, uh, sorry, Livingston failed to register a single shot on target. So McGregor wasn't really challenged in the game. So, all well, good. I, I agree with both. I thought it was a penalty and I think he just gave the referee the opportunity to book him by jumping before he was contacted. So, I think as a case, his reputation went before him there for previous. And then if he took a chance rather than, as you said, the goalkeeper wasn't getting to that. He was going to take him out anyway. And all the permutations of the points like that, Tom, that's a, a fantasy player thinking rather than the rights <laughs> and wrongs it. Right, so predictions for the week then. So as it stood, 36 points, Peter, Tom, 25, Gunnar, 42. And the scores were as Celtic won 2-0. So me and Gunnar got a point each. I said 2-0, Gunnar, you 3. Tom said a draw. Next up says Motherwell. We all got that wrong. We all had to have the win. And the last game was Kilmarnock and United. I said one each, I get three points, and you went for the United to win, so that's no points for you each. So as it stands now, it is Peter on 40, Tom on 25, but they're still leading on 33. So fixtures coming up this week then are Aberdeen, Hamilton, Motherwell, Livingston, Rangers, St Mirren, Ross County, Kilmarnock, St Johnson, Hibs, Dungeon Celtic, and then double game week for Livingston, Hamilton, and Ross County, Hibs. So I ask that you predict these next three games, Aberdeen, Hamilton, and I've went one each, Tom. Nil nil. Get up. Two one Hamilton. 
Motherwell Livingston, and I went 2 1 Motherwell. Tom. Mm. Two nil, Motherwell. You know, oh, that's a tough one. One all draw. And Ross County versus Kilmarnock, and I've went one each. Tom. Two two. Desmond, get up. Two one to Ross County. Okay, that brings us to transfers, captains, vice captains section of the podcast for the Scottish game. So I'll go first. My transfer thoughts are I like to bring in Ross County striker for a double game week. If White's still starting, he has been, I think it'll be him. Easy move to make. They've got two home games. And just for obviously this game, I can also transfer him back out. I think for Morelis or Edward post-split. But just for this double game week, two home games, I think. If he's good, he's a striker, I'll go for it. And captain, vice-captain... I've looked at doubles, blah, 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 but I still think maybe to stick with Barisic and Golson. So what's your thoughts on the transfer, Catavice captain? I'll start with you, Tom. Um, um, okay, I'm actually thinking about getting rid of Edward and bringing in Morelos, um, just because <clears throat> I don't really know what it is about Edward, but he's blanked before, obviously, scoring against Aberdeen. Um, they've got a couple of trickier fixtures. They've got Dundee United, and obviously just before the split, they play Rangers, and then they're going to be playing the top six after that. He's angling for his move in the summer. I don't know if he wants to risk that by getting involved in in the getting tangled up with many defenders. So I think maybe I'll get rid of Edward and go Morelos. Um, you're jinxed that by the time you score a park head. Just you know, you're jinxed. <laughs> um, Captain-wise, I'm not too sure. It's, it's currently on Barisic just now, and I'm probably going to stick with my vice-captaincy on Boyle. But yep, double game at Boyle, I suppose, yep. That, that, that may change. Okay. Good on your thoughts, transfers, captains, vice-captains. Bear in mind, this is the last transfer for the Cup starts. Yep, so I've got my captain still on Barisic. And I'm surprised to hear Tom saying he wants rid of Edward. He's my vice captain at the minute on my boss team. I've got Morelos and Edward just to cover the two bases there. Because like I would want three Celtic, but if I take Edward out, I've got already Turnbull and Ayer, who will be my third. So so I, I think I'm I'm keeping Edward now the, the week against Dundee United anyway. I can see him scoring there. Morelos, he's on form. I've I've got more of the problem. I've got about 14 players that I would like to start, like Marciano and Strijek, they both have a double game week. Got Doik, his flag is injured. He he would have potentially have a double game week. Ferguson, he's playing Hamilton, so that's that's decent. Like, but like if I could, I would bank my transfer, I suppose, and then play play two frees and in, in the first week of the cup. But uh, we can't. But just looking at my team, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I'll, I'll probably do something about Doik if I find out that he's injured for longer. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm also missing having a not non-playing player to get someone off the bench. Uh, so I might do something like that just to like make sure I can maximize my points during during the cup weeks. Um, but that all depends on 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 the news for Doik because if he's fit, I'll just keep him. And, and because he's got a double as well, if not, I'll probably just bring in a non-playing player for him. Find out Doig out pretty soon this week. I'm starting the presses. I think we'll find out with Doig whether or not. Mm. Right, well, we've got any questions then. So Twitter for questions. First up, some Sutty Show, Sutty Football. First question is, Gunnar knows what's coming here. I know what's coming. <laughs> Will Gunnar be sad when he's knocked out of the first round of the half-hour fantasy podcast cup? So Gunnar, this is a question straight for you. Of course, I'm gonna be sad. It's our cup, no? I'm I'm in it to win it, um, but I suppose Sotti is in it to win it as well. And um, I'm looking at his fixture ticker uh, for my planning for the cup. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm using his resources trying trying to beat him. <laughs> I think he'll be quiet with his transfer thoughts in the Titan chat this week because at least he'll let you know what he's doing. But I think this week he'll be he'll be keeping it close to his chest. Yeah, we need to hold back this podcast then as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just bleep all your talking. Bleep, bleep, bleep. 
What's your thoughts, Tom, on this first round matchup? Probably, if, if you could do seeds and be seeded teams. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly confident. I've got one, two, three, four, five double game week players as it stands just now. So you get two bites of the cherry with that one. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, I'm a, Gunners actually inspired me there. I might not even do that Manelos move. I might just get a non-playing player just to maximise my bench options. Because I was caught out during uh, last game week because I had McGinn, who got zero points, and Cole obviously scored against Hibbs. Uh, and I had six points sitting on my bench, so I might actually try and get a non-playing player in just to try and maximise my, my points. Right. Uh, i trying to think here. No, I'll wait and see. No, yeah, we'll bring up next time. Next question up is from FPL Wallbag Andy. Who are you guys hoping don't make the top six? For me, it would be good if St. Johnson don't finish seven so we can triple up. So, thoughts on the league's up here. St. Johnson players, obviously. He won't finish at bottom seven. Is that with you, Tom? Yeah, I'd probably agree with that, St. Johnson. Just purely for Guy Malamud and also um, Sean Rooney's been posting some recent um, decent hauls as well, particularly because he's playing that wing back position as well. He's getting further forward up the pitch. Um, so, Probably Guy Mohammed, Sean Rooney, Callahan. Quite like look a Lafferty, but it's obviously only one game to go on. So those would be my picks for the, the bottom half of the, the table. Just to add for like going around Mirna five, four points clear, sorry, with two games to go. So I think it's pretty much all but sealed that that'll be the top six and bottom six. So what's your thoughts going on? Are you happy St. Johnson the bottom seven? But after split? Yeah, but I've actually had a, a quick look. So Rooney, like Tom said, and Melamed from St. Johnson, that would be my two picks there. Motherwell, probably between Watt and Cole, because I don't I don't think you would want the two strikers as as the double up. Then Dundee United, you could get Segrist or Shankland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Segrist probably a bit more. Uh, would be better if there were bonus points. I had a quick look there. If if Livy could drop down still, but but they can't because that would that would be my favorite team to be in the. Uh, bottom half because I I would definitely pick three of their players but uh, as it stands yes yeah, St. St Johnson probably gives you the best options just based on form as well and uh, yeah I would like Rooney in my team just I, I think he's so he just doesn't look like a player who would play right wing back just you know his his, his build and everything it's he's an interesting player I think good, good comments next up is from Blair McLaughlin Mr Omnibus is everyone going to back-to-back wildcarding in the next two game weeks? So first thing I can agree is we won't be because we've not got a first wildcard. But if you had a wildcard still, do you think that's a viable strategy going forward? Is that where you're going See, I've only gone, uh, I've looked at the question, I've only gone so far that I thought, well, that, that would imply I still have my first wildcard. <laughs> but I played that in game week three, I think. So so fair play to, player, uh, to Blair still having it. But I suppose, yeah, I mean... Back to back wild cards, or probably use your wild card now for to maximize on a double game week, and then um, yeah, play play it again once one like play the second wild card um, to 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 get your team ready for after the split. Yeah, Tom. Um, back to back would imply that. I think he. I think it. he just was. I think he means the last week of the split before the split. I think that's what he actually meant. Yeah, yeah. I mean you have to have your first wild card played before the deadline of game week 33. So if it was me, I'd play the wild card with a view to maximising your players post-split. And then it gives you a second wild card to play about with. You could maybe use it on the last day of the season because you can then sort out who's going to be rotated, um, what teams have still got something to play for. I mean, in, in the Scottish Premier League, every team's still got something to play for because... Money the, per position. The, the money, um, even the difference between sort of eighth and ninth, the money that they're going to get goes a long way in terms of day-to-day running of the clubs and things like that. So, um, but you can you can sort of maximise your um, team for the last day of the season. You can sort out maybe who's going to be rested, who's, who needs to get some game time, things like that. So just before we move on, is that is that going to be your tactic with your wheelchair? Are you waiting to? No, I'll, I'll probably, because I don't have a first wild card, I'll just be, as soon as I get the second wild card, I'm just going to wild card. Um, yeah, strong team in the possible builds for, the, for this. Yeah, I'm probably going to go crazy on the bottom half. 
<laughs> just get all the bottom half players that I want and um, maybe the odd maybe Aberdeen defence Selic I'll probably stick with Turnbull and possibly a defender need to see how Kennedy, things go with Kennedy um, but I think I'll probably be looking more at the bottom half of the table to get my points you know your thoughts you want to come in there you are looking like you were wanting to say something I mean it's, it's all based on what way your, your team looks like now huh? like I like Tom Tom's way to go about it, but if your team now has like three Rangers, three Celtic, three Aberdeen, so that's nine players with a single game week, uh, and you, you've got a couple of teams this week now with, with double game weeks. So if you so if you played your first wild card now, just to maximize on this double and then play it again in the split. But uh, Tom Tom's way of going about it, um, it's almost like playing a free hit there at the, at the end of the season. I like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose that's good if you're near the top here in your mini leagues or something like that, or you've something to play for, try to catch somebody, then it's a valuable mm-hmm. option. Right, we finished with the Scottish game. We've won a bit of FPL chat. Yep. Yep. Okay, okay. So, obviously, the game is still ongoing, so there is no point. We're not going through teams. What we'll this do is what we've got so far. So, Gunnar, you've been 87 points for the week. I'm on 72 points a week, and Tom is at 88 points a week. So, as it leads to now, Tom's winning, but obviously, there's still a lot of games to play. So, who you still left to play? Who you looking? Obviously, I mean, Gunnar. Well, obviously, nobody knows this. Who have you got? Who have you got playing ahead? You want to raise the haul from or get points back? We'll start with you, Tom. Who have you got left? Um, so this evening, I've got Captain Kane to play against Fulham and Son. I've got Calvert Lewin uh, away at West Brom. I have Harrison Reed. Uh, he's got Spurs. I've got Rudiger against Liverpool, and I have Salah as well. Seth Gunnar, who have you got left to play in this game week? Just one, one last thing I want to go back to, to the FFS because I forgot we have one more question from Blades Attack. Brian, he's asking who the best Rangers attacker is. We, we kind of indirectly uh, answered that already. Probably Tom going for Morelos. I brought Morelos mm-hmm. in. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. For, for me, it's Morelos. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I agree. And so that's because he's tweeted reply to your tweet rather than mm-hmm. the original tweet. So I've messed up going forward. Yeah. So the FPL then, I still have to go. I've got Trent. He's got he's playing Chelsea tonight. I've got Salah also playing Chelsea, obviously. And then Calvert-Lewin and the big one, Kane, triple captain. I'm, I'm waiting to see what he can do against Fulham. Right, I've got James at the back for Chelsea. I've got Son and Salah in midfield. So ideally, I'd like a blank from Salah. James clean sheet there for me. And Kane up front, triple captain as well. Same yourself, Gunnar. And Maja for Fulham. So he's five each, Fulham and <laughs> Spurs. <laughs> Maja hat trick, Kane hat trick. Hundreds of sun assists. Right, so predictions in. Uh, as it stood, it was 34 20 and 23. That's 34 Peter, 20 Tom, 23 Gunnar. And the scores, I think, were pretty poor this week. Leeds Villa, none has got it right. Leicester Arsenal, none has got it right. And Chelsea, Man United, me and Tom both got nil nil. Gonna go none. So gonna you blank this week. So that was it. So as it stands, it's 37, 23, 23. So the topic we'll do some different this week. Tom got an idea for the FPL rather than kind of do a rundown. We're gonna have like some pressing questions, topics for the actual week, and then we're gonna discuss it. So Tom, over to you. Okay. Did did Gunnar, did you see how, what players you've still got to play? Yes. Yeah, I said it. Oh, did you? I drifted away there. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first point of talking about is City double game week coming up. Uh, first of all, your assets, are you going to stick or twist? And is it time to come away from the City triple up? Rotation's becoming a lot more of a risk just now. Should we uh, move the triple to a double? What do you guys think? Who's first off? You're a host and seat. Uh, go, go you, Peter. Right, City, triple up. I'm sticking with right now. I'm going to stick with Cancelo, Stones and Gundogan. I'm going to stay with it now. I listen to a lot of podcasts about it and I feel everybody seems to be doing the whole let's jump off them, let's do this and I can like the idea of everybody else doing it and I'll just stand still. Stones has got me so far, done well so far. Cancelo, I'm actually considering captain next week because I looked at the fixtures so it's two before the European game. I think he's doing another haul. I really like Cancelo. I think the secret way, Mike, when they go to the free to back, I just love seeing him play. Gundogan, potentially, I think, might have now peaked these points, returning goal scores and that. But for the price he's at, I'm not moving yet. 
I'll wait to I mean it's where is we game 26, 27? What are we on next? 27's yeah. coming up. 27, right? So my wildcard plan is 31. I think I'll be holding to 31. No issue with that. He's maybe not to, maybe not going to get the attacking turns, but he will be playing majority of games and I'll just make sure I've got a strong first off the bench. Gonna? Yeah, well, I have the triple triple up as well. I've got Stones and Diaz instead of Cancelo. I've um, considered like moving sideways. Every week I've been thinking of swapping one of them to Cancelo, but they both scored this week, and uh, I think it's just a waste of a transfer. I've got the two now, so I'll, I'll stick with them. Uh, basically, I'm hoping every week that Cancelo blanks and, and the two center halves can can get something. Same with Gundogan. I'm, I'm with Peter there. I'm for the price he's at. I've, I've looked around a little bit. Uh, I know we've got another question on the Barnes and like Grealish replacements and that. That that's kind of the the price bracket we're talking and for me there's no one better than, than Gundogan uh, he's probably peaked but I, I just don't see a better option in, in that price bracket so for me I'm going to stay on the triple up definitely yep I probably agree with you on that um, I definitely want to stick with the defenders um, the last two games City have conceded in one of those games Stones was rested in another game Kinsella was rested so we need to see if well, if Pep's ever going to have a settled defence and what, what it consists of. I had a wee look at the stats for City midfielders. So this is over the last four games. Um, so this is total goal attempts. Mares is top with 10. Sterling and KDB both have nine. Bernardo Silva, seven. Gundogan, seven. Um, Foden, six. Rodri and Torres, three each. And then the big chances they've had in front of goal. Sterling's top with three. Gundogan, two. So good for those that want to stick. Um, Bernardo Silva, Foden and Rodri all have won and it's nothing for the rest um, and then I looked at shots on target as well so it's actually Bernardo Silva and Foden up top with five each Sterling and Gundogan have four each Mares and KDB sorry, Mares with three and KDB with two so it's a bit of a mixed bag I also looked at the assist potential as well over the last four um, all midfielders have created one big chance except Rodri and Gundogan, who haven't created any. Um, KDB, Foden, Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Rodri, Mares, all created between sort of five and seven chances, except Torres, three, and Gundogan, one. So Gundogan has been spared recently. He only had 68 minutes against Spurs. He was rested completely against Everton, 90 minutes against Arsenal, 88 versus West Ham, and only eight, eight minutes versus Wolves. Um, and he's had one assist over the past four game weeks. So I quite like Gundogan because he's going to cost you quite a lot of money to upgrade. But I looked at the attacking returns from City midfielders and Mares has actually had two goals and three assists in his last four games. Um, so I, I kind of like him as an option, but it's a case of finding the funds for that. You Tom, you're hosting. Yep. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not used to being in the, in the power seat here. So the next uh, talking point was Harvey Barnes replacements. Obviously, a lot of people uh, loaded up on Leicester assets, and Harvey Barnes was one of those for the obviously upcoming double game week. He is now out for six weeks, so we're left with a Harvey Barnes-shaped hole in our teams. And I was just wondering what you thought were the best options to replace him. Go to Gunnar this time. Well, I think if you can stretch the budget, then I would suggest Son, like two and a half million difference there. But like I, I can only go from my team. I've got two million in the bank, so if I can find another half million somewhere, then then I I, I could I could do that if I had Barnes. Um, then I've looked a little more. Uh, Lucas Mora from Spurs. Um, he, he could be a shout, but he's it's this front tree of Kane, Son, now Bale, he's emerged, and, and Lucas. So he could be an option. The, the one player that, that I like the most, actually, is Lingard. He's cheap. He's got good returns in the past few weeks. Um, the only thing is he can't play against United in game week 28. So that like if I had Barnes, I probably would go for Lingard. And, uh, but him not playing in game week 28 against United that would probably save me the headache, you know what I mean? So I don't really have an option per se that I 100% like. 
So I would suggest maybe saving the money, going to a cheap midfielder and trying um, maybe putting the funds into uh, into the strikers, if you can. Yeah, what about you? Right, uh, the two options I've contemplated would be Rafina for Leeds and Saka for Arsenal, both cheaper and both played the blank week. Uh, personally, I've been wanting to get Rafina in for a while. I couldn't really think I was going to get out. Grealish got injured, so bringing Barnes. Barnes injured again, so it's made my option easy. I think I'll be bringing Rafina in. That's one I'm going to go for. Saka, I think, rested. I think Saka, when he plays, is pretty much going to be playing most games. He's so cheap. I think he'll have a massive price rise next year in the game, actually, if he's given more nailed on. But right now, he's a good option. But for me, personally, I'm going to feel enough. For other options, just maybe just out there. Uh, I like Neto for Wolves, but I think he's pretty inconsistent, even though he's actually a decent haul. Uh, haul. Uh, going to mention Lingard, that's what I was going to say as well. Uh, apart from that, I don't really think MD stands out. That to me would be worth coming out of the team. They're going to be sitting probably on the bench if I'm wrong him then. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe this is going to say go down to a, maybe a Lipman or something like that and then you can upgrade your defence or, or strike force. Yeah. So I had, I had a look and first of all, I considered the same sort of price range and I, I like both your answers because I've suggested Rafinha, Lingard and Saka purely for the fact that they also play in blank game week 29. Um, I had a look at the fixtures surrounding game week 29. Lingard can't play in 28 against parent club, Man United. But um, but most will probably have a strong enough team that they're, they're able to bench him for 28 if, if they felt strongly enough that they wanted to get him in. Especially for those that are coming off maybe a game week 25 wildcard and then obviously bench boost in 26 because they're going to have 15 starters in their team. The fixtures for West Ham, if you exclude the Man United fixture, uh, <laughs> Lingard would face Leeds at home, Arsenal at home, Wolves away, Leicester at home, which given their injury news might not be such a daunting prospect, and then Newcastle away. So that's quite a nice run of fixtures. Um, Saka, um, he was rested against Leicester along with Yang on the weekend, so rotation might not be a worry for him in the upcoming fixtures. He faces Burnley away, Tottenham at home, West Ham United away, Liverpool at home, Sheffield United away, and Fulham at home. So, again, another nice fixture run there as well. And then finally, Rafinha, he's got uh, West Ham away, Chelsea at home. Chelsea have been pretty solid defensively. Then Fulham away, Sheffield United at home, City away, and Liverpool at home. My only reservation about Rafinha is Leeds haven't been playing as well without Calvin Phillips. But his own stats are pretty good. If we do look at the stats of the the three players over the last four games, uh, goal attempts on target, Lingard, sorry, goal attempts, Lingard and Rafinha have ten each, and Saka has eight. If we look at option, uh, the goal attempts on target, it's six for Lingard, three for Rafinha, and just one for Saka. And then, if we're looking at their assist potential, uh, chances created, Rafinha is way up top with seventeen. Lingard and Saka both have three. And then big chances created. Lingard's actually on top with four, Rafinha two, and Saka with none. So for me, I quite like the look of Lingard. Um, given my own circumstances, I've obviously did the, the wild card and bench push, so I could I could afford to bench him in 28. If you are considering a free hit in game week 29, then you're not really going to care what player plays in 29 or not, and you can focus on the surrounding fixtures. And I agree with Peter, I do like the look of Neto. Um, he has had 13 goal attempts over the last four, four of which are on target, nine chances created and one big chance. And Wolves do go on this fantastic fixture run from game week 31 onwards as well. So that's something to consider too. Um, Yacht is coming back from injury at Liverpool and he's in that sort of price range as well. He was doing really well before he became injured. Um, and if you kind of want a sort of out there pick, Trossard at Brighton, he has really been underperforming when you look at his stats. Um, he's the most underperforming mid in that sort of price bracket. So I quite like the look of him. And obviously Brighton do play Newcastle um, in blank game week 29. If we move on to then blank game week 29, um, a nice little segue there. We now have three free transfers between now and the blank. 
So how are you going to build towards the bank game week? Are you going to be, what players are you looking to bring in? And are you, if you do have the free hit, are you considering using it in 29? Uh, I'll go you, Peter, this time. Right, I've no free hits that are off with, so that's been done. So I'm thinking Rafina this week, probably a bright defender the next week, and then I'd wait to see how the land is for third week. But like team-wise, I've already got players in that fixture. Got Martinez, uh, Son and Kane, Rafinha, Banford and Maja. So I'm not even that far away from having maybe nine starting players. Nine, ten, hopefully, maybe to get mm-hmm. it. But I'm happy with that. I'm not, not going nuts, not going to break the team. Just to get the players playing, I've worked towards it, and then that's happy to roll out after that. Yep. Good enough. Yeah, for me, it's kind of similar. I've got like six, seven players already. Uh, maybe maybe more like five or six. But I think the one player I'm working towards would be Son, to have the Son and Kane double up. And Brighton defender is an option because I've got, still got Trent, who's um, taken up a lot of funds and, and not really returning too many points. I looked on, like, you know, on the live FPL when you can see your live game uh, game week score. They, um, they show you if, you if someone is a differential in the team or if someone it could hurt your rank, for example. And this weekend when uh, Trent got his clean sheet there, he, he was definitely a differential there. He helped me in my rank. So... Again, it's a lot of fun for him and getting getting another defender who's, who's having a game uh, in that blank could be an option. I think, is it Maitland-Niles from Arsenal? He's a defender in the game. I think he could be an option. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of working towards, towards this blank game week. And if I get nine, ten players playing, then I'll be happy with that. I'm not going to break up my whole team just, just because of those four games. Excellent. Yeah. Um, with myself, I do have the free hit. Where was it again? Yep. So obviously I'm trying not to free hit. Um, I was intending to free hit in 29, but I saw, I tried to look ahead at the fixtures and try and plan ahead. And I noticed that if we cast our eyes even further into game week 33, City and Spurs both have a blank. And not, not just that, they both blank in the middle of a really nice fixture run. Because City have... Leeds, Aston Villa, then the blank, then they play Palace, a trickier fixture against Chelsea, and then Newcastle, and then Brighton. Then for Spurs, it's Newcastle, Man United, Everton, blank, then Sheffield United, Leeds, Wolves, and Aston Villa. So if we go in the presumption that we're still going to own Treble City, and given, I suppose it kind of falls on how Spurs perform tonight, because they look great last fixture, they're really attacking, and they've got a few goals, so if Spurs are still on form, then Kane and Son, I presume we're, we're both in a double up. How, how, how are we going to manage past this with, with having five players? If you had a strong bench, I suppose you could bench your three City players and then perhaps sell Son and Kane and then bring them back again. But then you're burning a lot of transfers and potentially taking hits to do that as well. I know Owen, Kane and Son depends on their form and also the injury status as well. But if Spurs come out tonight with another convincing win and maintain that form, then it's going to present a bit of a headache. So I might hold on to the free hit until 33 and that allow me to remove the City and Spurs assets for just one week and then they'll return back for game week 34 to continue the good run. Um, if you do look back at game week 29, then I think there's a core group of players that if you've got those, then you should manage to navigate the game week unscathed, really. Uh, Kane and Son are obviously two options. Talked about Lingard. I think Rafinha's an option as well, and Bamford and Dallas at Leeds. Uh, St. Maxim's out for Newcastle, and I think he's a key factor in uh, the Newcastle attack. So without him, Brighton defenders look good. And obviously on the build-up to this, Brighton's defensive stats have been really good. So um, looking at maybe Dunk or a Brighton defender, and then in goals, you're going to have maybe Martinez at Aston Villa or Sanchez for Brighton. Um, I'm not as fussed about Leeds as what I thought they were going to be. The fixtures are kind of difficult on the run-up to 29. They've got West Ham and then they've got Chelsea. They obviously play Fulham in blank 29 and then play Sheffield United, then have a really tricky run of City, Liverpool and Man United afterwards. Obviously, with Leeds, we know they can score against anyone. 
but looking at their form, they lost 1-0 to Villa. They got the 3-0 win against Southampton, but if you look at Southampton's defensive stats, then it didn't really come as a surprise. They also lost 1-0 to Wolves and lost 4-2 to Arsenal. So if I had to go without the three leads, and I don't know if I'd be as first, and I may even consider going Antonio over Bamford if Antonio can stay fit as well. Um, the last talking point we had was, is Bale now an FPL option? I'll go to you, Peter, first. Uh, for me, personally, no, because I've got Kane and then Son, and I'm not going to three. Uh, again, we're watching the scene, I suppose, next couple of weeks, but Kane doesn't finish game. No, sorry. Bale doesn't finish games. I know he was great in the last game. I still think I prefer Son, unless I see a shift in formation. And... You said that difficult fixture against Man City. If you're assuming three Man City, three Spurs, there's six players are going to try to do something with. But I think I'm happy with midfield. If, if I'm sticking with two Spurs, I'll stick with Kane's son. But again, that's down to it could be form. Injury could come into play here, but as it stands, I'm sure if you haven't got on your team, it could be a great differential. I wouldn't let me wrong. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say MD was maybe in the chasing pack trying to up the table could... Jump on if I do something different, but for me personally, in position I'm in, I'll not be touching them. No. Good. Yeah, for me it's it's similar. Um, I've only got Kane at the minute. Uh, the player I would, the Spurs player I would want to bring in would be Son. Uh, but if I didn't have the funds, or like Peter said, if you're chasing, then Bale is definitely an option. I would probably wait till tonight, see if he gets another game. And the last game was like four days ago. See. Uh, so we can maybe ga- gauge a bit of uh, what Mourinho thinks about his fitness if he gets another game tonight on a Thursday and, um, and take it from there. But my, my, my two main uh, Spurs ads still are Kane and Son. And then what, what you said, Tom, uh, Spurs and City blanking in game week 33. So if you got the three City, you put them on the bench. And then if you've got Son and Kane, that, that's over 20, 24. 1 million, I think. Even if you, you take a hit for four points, but you can basically go anywhere for that one week or, or even for the run-in, depending on how the fixtures fall. Um, so I, I don't think it's that big of a problem uh, as we might potentially think it could be. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time of recording, it's 10 past six. So we're only 10 minutes into the, the Spurs Fulham game just now. And I think it all kind of hinges on the game tonight and see how Spurs perform. I think they've set up to attack. Uh, Kane, Son, Bale and Deli Alley's all started this evening. So it'll be interesting to see how they progress tonight. Um, Spurs do have a really nice run towards the end of the season. I, th- I think it, I think there's a number of factors involved when it comes to Bale. Um, if Salah continues to underperform, then it's people are going to start to get fed up and offload and that will free up quite a lot of funds to spread amongst the midfield. Um, so if Spurs continue the form and Salah dips, then I, I could see him being a, a decent FPL option going ahead. Okay. Peter, back to you. I was going to see you handing it back over to me. This virtual <laughs> handed it back to me. Right, I was good, Thomas. Son, we'll look to do going forward. Maybe do some, some something similar maybe next season for the Scottish game. Don't know how we'll work on it. Son, this be more punchy questions. Mm-hmm. People seem to be more interested in that. Right, so just quickly, who's the captains for the next week going ahead? Yeah, uh, so I've got my captaincy for game 27. I've got that on Salah, the vice captain on Kane so far. Salah's playing Fulham. Um, But when I did that, I I didn't see that City had the double. So I'm tempted to to captain a a City defender. It's just you don't know if they're going to play the both games, you know. And same, we said Gundogan, he's gone off the boil a, a little bit. So might take my chances. Uh, I know it's just a one game uh, in the game week, but it's Fulham, so Captain Salah. Uh, I'm feeling a bit... I feel a bit punty near the time. As I said, they'll make go Cancelo because it's like two games before Europe. Yep. Gundogan's option, my other option would be maybe Kane at home at Crystal Palace. I believe that's the fixture. Mm-hmm. Oh, again, it's just have to wait to see how the fitness looks so these guys come in and see what happens. Maybe yourself, Tom, Captain Options. It's currently sitting on Kane just now. Obviously, we have to see how tonight goes. I do feel like I'm maybe overlooking the the city fixtures. So it's it's probably between one of the city assets, either Cancelo Stones, probably not Stones, Cancelo or Gundogan or Kane. I'm dithering between the 
I'll pro it'll probably change a n number of times before the before we come to the deadline. <laughs> okay, right, that's us finished weekend, guys. So, do you want to get your plugs in? Start with you, Tom, before we head off into the sunset. Yep. So I am FFS underscore Scout. Um, I'll try and put out the article for tomorrow. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter. Sure and simple. Good. Yeah, I'm at Fitball Weekly Pod on Twitter. That that might change uh, going forward, but uh, yeah, you can get in touch. We're doing a captain, vice captain poll, uh, doing the podcast here, and uh, all all the questions you got, fantasy related. Um, yeah, get them to me. Second in Germany at the minute. You'll get see. You've got a top dog here who can give you input. Again, it won't tell you who's buying, but you'll know who you're <laughs> buying. Uh, I suppose that's why he's sitting second in Germany. Uh, you can follow me at Fantasy Half. Also follow these guys as well. Uh, if you like this podcast, again, thanks for listening. Give us a review on iTunes wherever you get your podcast, and we'll come back. It'll be a quite a lengthy delay next time because the game week falls late between fixtures, I think, because it's over mm -hmm. two weekends. If we come back before then, we'll let you know. If not, it'll be two weeks before we come back. So again, thanks for listening. So say goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.